Welcome again to the Step Zero podcast. Um, today, I have a special guest, Maya Bazan. She's an experienced HR professional, certified business trainer and coach, agile HR certified practitioner. So overall, you have an incredible curriculum, Maya. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Matteo, for having me. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. And, and Maya, I'll, I'll give some, you know, before I ask you to introduce yourself, I'll provide the, the audience with, with a little bit of context on, on why we're speaking, why I approached you. And um, you, you are currently the head of learning and development at Raisin, uh, a known fintech player. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we, when I approached you the first time, I read great things about, about Raisin. And I was very curious about your role and your experience. And, um, and we had a chat about uh, you know all things related to mental well-being at work. You had a lot to say, um, and uh, you know this was the reason why I was absolutely eager and excited to to bring you over on the on the podcast. So this being said, once again, thank you so much, and I'll give you um, the chance to introduce yourself. Maybe tell us a little bit about your own background, personally or professionally. All right, so thank you once again for this uh, cool introduction. And I'm, I'm really happy that uh, I can also represent Raisin here uh, and, and because I think we have great culture and we have so many interesting opportunities uh, for, for our employees and why not to share it with uh, uh, external world and say what we are doing right now. So a little bit about myself. So beside that, you already mentioned I'm currently head of learning and development uh, here uh, at Raisin and um, uh, I studied uh, international relations uh, so my first idea speaking about my dream job was to work in some embassy and you know work with some diploma uh, diplomats and 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 uh, that kind of environment however um, at the end of my studies I realized that I would like to be more connected with business and people and I remember one day my uh, tutor um, approached me and he said that in his opinion, I should definitely have some internship uh, in some like a business related company, not only embassies. And uh, I had my very first uh, internship in some um, recruiting agency, Manpower, and it was uh, related with uh, pure recruiting and that was uh, a really a joy and uh, I found I think my happy place there and uh, having my uh, first internship uh, I immediately received the, the job offer uh, from some company that was cooperating with the uh, with this agency and I just took this uh, opportunity and so far it's been 12 years uh, for me, uh, when I you know work in HR in general, so I have to say I have this experience from hire to retire, and uh, I hold various uh, roles. Uh, basically, most of them were more like generalists, HR business partners. And a few years ago, I started as HR manager and also uh, L&D lead. And uh, one year, more than one year ago, I moved to uh, Berlin. Originally, I'm from Poland. I was born and raised there, and I'm really happy about this new chapter in this um, startup scene because uh, I think it gives me a lot of pleasure and it's such dynamic uh, world and I'm, I'm so far so good. Thank you so much for, for sharing and, and like I said congratulations I was uh, you know doing my own little research before talking to you and you do have an impressive profile and it's curious to hear that 
it all started on the on you know not necessarily on the on the HR side of things. You sort of like developed into into HR. And may I ask, you know, you clearly are into um, well-being and employee well-being. And was this, do you think, a direct consequence of working in HR? Was it something that you were always interested in? I was. Uh, definitely. And I also experienced it on my own, how important is this uh, work-life integration and, you know, to keep the balance. And uh, I have to say that my um, career journey was quite fast and, and that was really uh, fast and uh, at the same time challenging uh, in many ways uh, journey and uh, I also experienced various situations with stress and uh, workload uh, and so on and then at the same time having my family I, I really had to think like how to stay sane and keep my job keep my relation and you know uh, enjoy life uh, at the same time and uh, and one day I started to have my individual coaching and it was like, you know, mind blowing experience because it opened so many doors, so many opportunities for me. And after having my individual coaching as a support of my career development, I decided that I would like to also do something for others because I see myself uh, as this person who has this social responsibility. And uh, a few years ago, I, I did my uh, coaching certificate for life and business purposes. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's very uh, helpful for me. But the best, uh, I think, advantage is that I can share with others. You know, sharing is caring. So definitely answering your question, uh, uh, mental health is all around me. Uh, and it uh, influenced me as well. I think especially now when we are uh, facing this corona crisis. And so this brings me to, let's say, the core of, uh, of our topic today, which is to understand how did you approach um, the, the COVID situation and this whole new normal um, as an individual and as, uh, as Raisin's uh, head of learning and development and uh, HR professional. May I ask you, first of all, how did the environment and the uh, and you know the the workplace changed in your opinion because of uh, because of this pandemic what what were the main um, i guess structural behavioral changes that you noticed so first of all the biggest change is the switch from working from the office into working from home and for us uh, and also for me uh, here at raising uh, I work right now like 100% of my time from home. So that was the biggest change. And imagine a learning and development team should deliver trainings. And so far, all of our trainings were uh, delivered uh, in-house, so in person. And we had to completely change not only our mindset, but also try to use new technologies first of all, learn these new technologies uh, and keep it uh, the trainings, keep them um, interesting and take care about the quality and, and have this engagement level of, of participants. So speaking from my uh, angle as a L&D person, that was the first thing. And the other thing I, uh, was this uh, VUCA word, you know, so definitely the the environment was volatile and uncertain for everybody. So um, I think personally that in some sense, it was a 
positive thing that we had this like a moment of reflection that we stopped and we had to think what's next what's now and usually we are running running you know many things to do many projects meetings and, and so on and suddenly we had to have some reflections like how to work now how to organize ourselves our teams and uh, what helped us i think definitely the individual approach i really don't believe that the solution one you know one size really doesn't fit uh, all that's why the individual approach is is the key in my opinion and and we should be employer centric so uh, what we do in terms of l d or like hr activities um, at raising so definitely we we uh, have various surveys where we check temperature employee satisfaction expectations and so on and uh, we identified uh, you know that people sometimes struggle and they have some challenges and and i think it's very important to be um vulnerable and also uh, to be um, empathic and based on that we organized uh, something more than just surveys we kept surveys like really uh, different ones but we decided let's do something more specific something more meaningful and we organize a happiness discussion so that was the happiness discussion that was the voluntary initiative where everybody from our employees could participate and share concerns struggles hints ideas improvement uh, suggestions and it was organized by my colleagues from uh, from talent acquisition team and we collected very very interesting uh, solutions to problems that we faced and 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 right now it's it's ongoing um rollout because as you can imagine it's not only one meeting on one or one email it's something more meaningful because you are talking here about behaviors um about um, communication about connection and 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 more i would say personal topics uh, that will help us to keep culture i think that culture is the key to survive such uh, circumstances because people create the culture that's very interesting i i already have a lot of questions and i'm trying to i'm trying to sort of like re restrain myself not to not to now uh, sort of like throw them at you but uh, but there you touched on very interesting um aspects you know certainly i believe that uh, that you know covid sort of accelerated what was what was inevitable there was a change boiling under the surface and and in some ways covid and this and this pandemic unfortunately um accelerated this uh, this process and forced a lot of companies and a lot of individuals to adapt to to this new reality uh, I really like that uh, that you mentioned the individual approach, and specifically, I'm curious about, you know, the way you would gather feedback from individuals. Because one question that I that I ask myself usually is, you know, what are the, uh, let's say, the first signals that you notice on colleagues, individuals that may have uh, or may experience certain issues because of the lockdown, because of the new reality. Um, you know, I, I am sure that. You know, surveys are are one solution, but sometimes people can uh, maybe refrain themselves from from expressing what they really what they're really going through. 
Um, did you have any challenge in this sense or do you have any best practice uh, maybe in service themselves like on to on how to ask for and collect feedback? Mm, the first uh, idea that really worked was to keep it uh, personal. So of course we have some specific questions that we would like to ask and understand, but then we kept it open because when we realized that there is something new that we didn't thought about, we should follow this thought because this employee spends time with us and we would like to, we should uh, deep dive uh, into it. So to keep it personal and to keep it, uh, to keep it individual and also um, approach different target groups. For instance, we had a problem solving session regarding well-being at raising with team leads. So all team leaders were invited to participate kind of extended session where we focus on or where we use this problem solving approach to find the best raising oriented uh, ideas that can trigger culture and support employees in this uh, mobile work situation. So it was one of the target groups that, that we did uh, um, included. And also the other thing was the uh, talent initiative. So we have high potentials that are evaluated or chosen every, uh, every year. And this year, one of the talent group uh, created some projects uh, related to meetings. So it was, it was called No Meetings Initiative because they also follow uh, surveys and uh, insights from from all colleagues and they realize what is going on and they created the recommendations how to survive uh, and and what we can do in terms of stay sane and not be overwhelmed by the amount of meetings and right right now we have some group recommendations uh, uh, in this regard and and um, to avoid uh, zoom fatigue you know so this was the other group uh, staying more uh, uh, in this specific uh, uh, target group. And I also think that we have to listen employees first because uh, sometimes, you know, in HR, we have some rules, policies, but these days I think that to be employer, employee, sorry, employee centric, that's the key. And that's the agile HR also, that you are following your key stakeholders uh, and your employer uh, and your employees are your internal customers. So that's why to be to be em uh, employee centric and just listen what they have to say uh, and to have your eyes and ears open. Which, which I believe, you know, service and, and this happiness discussions are sort of like made for, right? Like it seems that you have, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems that you have quite a few um, experience to to you know make employees feel comfortable and and share their opinions and I believe these two methodologies specifically is then what kickstarted uh, all the other initiatives that you mentioned within the company right like so I would say if I had to give it sort of a chronological order you first focused as a company on collecting feedback and then based on that feedback you sort of like cherry pick the main initiatives that can be tested within the organization? Um, I really believe in uh, data, you know, and to be data driven, that's, that's, that's really important not to guess, but to follow certain 
uh, certain um, evaluation or, or numbers. And then I, I also uh, think, referring to our initiatives, that leadership is like very, very important part uh, when we are talking about well-being. That's why uh, development of leadership initiatives, especially for remote leadership, is a key to success to, to be this role model when we are talking about team lead function. And, and every team lead has own responsibility to coordinate your own team and also have this social responsibility to to support them because it's not you know you're not spending eight hours at work we have also our private life our families and they are also impacted by uh, by 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 uh, the the lockdown uh, that we have at least right now in berlin um so uh, in terms of leadership that's definitely uh, to adjust it and to 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 stay, I would say, up to date. And um, as a, an example, uh, right now we are developing the new leadership program with some external company uh, as the extension of our existing leadership circle. And one of the module will be de uh, dedicated to well-being, because when we are managing others, uh, we should first of all be uh, stable and know ourselves and then support our colleagues um, and and it, it goes hand in hand and uh, and the other aspect of this leadership program will be agile leadership and I think that agile leadership definitely can help every leader to succeed in this challenging uh, environment because you will be able to adjust uh, yourself to the circumstances. Absolutely. Um, may I ask, was it um, easy or were there any hardships in, uh, in getting the buy-in from leadership at Raisin? Because this, this is a hot topic often in companies, right? Like there's uh, the HR and uh, an L&D department that uh, comes up with uh, really great ideas, but then for one reason or the other, there might be some discrepancy with uh, what the priority is at the board level. Was there any discrepancy in the sense, did you get an easy buy-in from the leadership? Were you sort of like on the same boat, on the same page when it came to these ideas and initiatives? Um, I'm really glad to, to, to share that, that I never experienced uh, at raising any um, obstacles in terms of developing people. Of course, we have to be business sensitive and we know that we are a business company. Uh, however, uh, management and, and founders always supported all kinds of leadership initiatives. And what is really cool, they will join this program as well uh, because I think it's about being a role model. So it will be for our team leads and our management group, which is great. and and. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the kickoff. Uh, uh, we will launch it in February. So, uh, so it will be like a two quarters uh, initiative and, and then we will continue our internal leadership circle with um, working with leaders on their daily challenges as a problem solving uh, format. That's really cool. And I'm, I'm, you know, it speaks, it speaks very highly of, of the kind of company that raising is and, and, uh, and their leadership. And, and you mentioned um, agile leadership, like, and, and I have sort of a, 
I guess, superficial knowledge about, uh, about agile methodology and systems. But may I ask you maybe to share, if possible, um, I guess, what are the main concepts or what we mean mainly by agile methodology and agile leadership in the sense? Mm -hmm. um, of course, these days, agile is such a, a buzzword. And, uh, but the thing is that agile doesn't work everywhere. Sometimes uh, waterfall also works. Um, but the thing uh, is, uh, when we are talking about agile leadership, that you have to be, um, first of all, flexible and uh, adjustable and also customer centric and include customer in your design uh, and have this design thinking approach where uh, basically you listen and follow what your colleagues, uh, customers share with you. And you have to be also vulnerable per person to say, I don't know all of these things that you know together. So that's why together we are adding value and the uh, the the agile it's it's more like a mindset for me that you are open and you can adjust yourself to this challenging world that you are facing because it's much faster right now more uh, unpredictable and 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 this is something what we cannot do alone we have to do it with others so it's about inclusiveness uh, I would say, and uh, and this is such a broad category, um, and and I think that everybody has to take something for themselves from from, from agile because it's not like a one definition that you can you know implement. It's more about staying uh, open basically and and uh, and uh, work together with people and follow their expectations and not guess what is the best for them which which makes a lot of sense right like i mean if there's if there's something that you know this pandemic taught us was that you cannot always plan way too far in advance uh, and then you sort of like you know it's all uh, sort of allow me you know pass me the term a game of collecting feedback and then implementing uh, you know like you mentioned the data and and the feedback that you got through uh, through forums or surveys or internal discussions. And so it has to be a constant working progress, a constant learning and applying your learnings, right? So uh, if, if anything, I believe the agile mentality and methodology adapts very well to the current circumstances. And yeah, there, there, definitely. There, there is one, one thing that you mentioned before, and I, 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 you know, I was just noting it down because I wanted to touch back on it, and it's the... Uh, the no meeting time initiative, and I'm really curious about that and how you uh, how you came with that idea. Uh, and I know that meetings are, you know, sometimes referred to as a necessary evil. Some people hate meetings. Some people still think that meetings are, or sometimes excessive meetings are necessary. And so there is a lot of let's say different ideas and and uh, and takes on uh, on meetings like what was your reasoning for coming up with uh, with the no meeting time initiative and of course what does it consist of yeah um so first of all i think that basically everybody speaking about my colleagues um, experiences challenges uh, in terms of like uh, meetings fatigue or zoom fatigue also um 
and then the first step was the creative uh, approach from the talent uh, group from our high potentials that was also supported by other teams that they adjusted this initiative slightly to to their own um, um, work specifics and it was again about asking people and 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 listening uh, i wasn't part of this project but i know in general what they have uh, how they achieved the, the conclusion that uh, that basically after knowing where people are struggling and what they would like to instead they uh, proposed the idea that uh, one day uh, per week, for instance, um, Thursday can be uh, a time without meeting, or it can be like a few hours every Thursday without uh, uh, without meetings. Because again, you have to be uh, uh, mindful and know that we are about to deliver uh, business value as well. And uh, and also here, um, um, first thing when we. Uh, when we and when the talent group prepared this initiative was to have some guidelines like really simple things think do you really need to organize this meeting maybe simple short uh, meeting minutes will be good enough some you know brief summary then think about uh, stakeholders are you sure you have to invite all of these guests you know be really uh, uh, sensitive that we are are busy and then think about the length of the meeting maybe it doesn't have to be 60 minutes maybe 30 minutes is, is good enough then try to send the agenda in advance because what is this meeting about if there is no agenda you know and i think this is like a huge um, aspect of respect and as respecting other times i think the time it's it's like a currency right now it's 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 really uh, uh, the demand for for free time is huge, um, so it's about it's about creating this uh, new mindset uh, when we are talking about uh, meetings. It's not that we are saying ah this day it's without meeting and that's it. No, it's about constantly asking yourself, is it good enough? Maybe we should improve it. Maybe we should cut something. Maybe we should do something instead of this meeting you know and and i think the challenge is to stay connected because you you cannot cancel all the meeting or, or de decline all the all the meetings because it's also about staying connected while working from home so it's again about balancing what is priority what is nice to have and also be assertive because we and also managers they empower employee to, to say, don't accept this meeting if you are not the main stakeholder here. And it's only, you know, FYI. If it's only FYI, then just read the meeting minutes. Good enough, right? Yeah. That's, that's really well explained, I have to say. And, and, you know, funnily enough, I recently came across an article, I believe it was from um, Harvard Business Review, and, and it was titled Stop the Meeting Madness um, or something in those lines. And, uh, and, and indeed, I think you touched on, on a lot of relevant points. And if I can allow myself to sort of like um, make a short, a brief summary of what we just discussed about meetings, because I believe this is a very sensitive topic to a lot of companies, definitely, you know, share an agenda in advance, let people know what the meeting is about and don't do it last minute. Avoid people, you know, coming not prepared um, and not ready for, for a healthy discussion. 
um, decide on the meeting length. Is it necessary to have an hour meeting? Can, we, can it be reduced to maybe half an hour or even 20 minutes? Um, decide carefully about the invitees, who should be present at the meeting, who is, uh, you know, sort of like allow people to avoid being uncomfortable when, when having to decline a meeting. And maybe if those people are not really relevant to the meeting, just don't invite them, right? Uh, and these are all situations that uh, seem to be fairly easy, but, uh, but happen, I believe, on a, on a daily basis in most companies, right? So thank you so much for, for sharing these, um, these practices. My curiosity is at this point, you know, there's clearly a lot going on when it comes to employee well-being and uh, an initiative and learning and development, learning and development initiatives within, within Raisin. Do you have a way to keep track of achievements? Um, do you have a way uh, to measure any data coming out of it and, and keep this uh, sort of a agile implementation phase live and, and, uh, and kicking over the year, over the months? Yeah, um, of course. So recently uh, we implemented new way where we ask people, uh, our employees, uh, what they want in terms of their development. So um, in Q4 2020, we, uh, in, instead of uh, suggesting or sharing our uh, approach to, to the trainings, we ask employees, what do you prefer? What are your priorities? So it was like an open list uh, of choice that people can basically say, okay, now I would like to focus on this. And, uh, and we ended with some clear um, priorities. And thanks to that, we were able to be agile in that sense that we follow employees' uh, expectations. And we designed solutions, especially uh, for them. And uh, this is connected with the working from home situation because the priority number one was the um, was connected with storytelling how to keep your meeting attractive you have to tell some story you have to share some metaphor and that was the the, the first training that we did based on employees input from the from the um, uh, quarterly um, uh, insights from from our employees Oh, wow, that's super interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious actually about storytelling. I, I, you know, it's also one of those terms that you come across quite a lot. And I've never, I believe I've rarely seen any practical implementation on, uh, on a business level. Like, was this uh, easy to be, to be implemented? Is it something that was, was easily uh, followed through with? Um. It wasn't very difficult, I have to say. Uh, we found uh, an very uh, experienced and uh, and also kind of tech savvy uh, a trainer and and he uh, approached our employees so he deep dive uh, into the uh, into the expectations so based on that he designed from scratch the training for our employees uh, because the target group was really really big so that's why for us it was like an extended uh, not only money but also time investment it, and it's uh, ongoing uh, initiative so we have divided that uh, into several um, sessions uh, basically because you cannot learn during one meeting you have to have your own time to practice and then come back. And next time we are about to have a little bit 
uh, a competition. So it will be like a storytelling uh, uh, workshop where people will bring their own stories using the, the tools that they already know. And it will be, you know, kind of a competitive way to, uh, to share and learn. That's, that's, that's super cool. That's interesting. I, I'm actually, I almost regret that we had this discussion now and not like a few weeks from now, because I would have loved to, to know the results of the competition, but maybe who knows, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, you know, have a chance to, to have another discussion after that. Um, there is one other uh, initiative that, uh, that uh, you know, we, we briefly touched upon, you know, prior to the recording and, and I maybe, you know, I hope we can quickly touch upon it because I feel like it's particularly relevant and that's about female empowerment um, at work. And I know that you promoted sort of a female empowerment forum uh, within Raisin, is that correct? Uh, I am responsible for that forum, yes. And, and can you maybe, um, you know, explain what that is about, what you're, try to, what you're trying to achieve and what your hope is uh, for, for this forum? Yes, uh, absolutely. So, as you know, we are fintech. And, and in this uh, type of uh, organization, usually the gender distribution, unfortunately, is not even. So the main goal for Female Empowerment Forum is to empower uh, all ladies uh, at raising to, to grow uh, personally and professionally, to uh, take the responsibility in terms of their career, and you know accept uh, different career uh, paths and and also be among leadership group and and grow in uh, tech uh, side of our organization um, we know that there is a lot of things to do uh, in this field definitely uh, our goal is basically to improve the ratio speaking about the gender uh, distribution uh, here at raising and uh, Step by step, I have to say, of course, when we are talking about this sensitive topic, I think that um, skills and performance, uh, that's also, you know, the key uh, when we are uh, um, hiring new employees. But when we have new, when we have employees on board and we know that the, the ratio is still not even, we, we have to do something internally. So we have the quarterly initiative where we organize uh, different uh, workshops or trainings or uh, interviews with some keynote speakers. So recently we did something in the field of self-confidence, negotiation, and these two topics were top priorities for uh, ladies uh, because we again ask them what is, uh, what is important uh, for, for them to, to, be, to feel successful. Um, and this year we are about to increase the frequency, so it will be uh, um, bi-monthly initiative and uh, it's not uh, launched yet. Mm, we are working on the details uh, to keep it uh, adjusted to the uh, remote work uh, circumstances. Most probably it will be still online, but I really hope that one day in 2021, we will be able to, to gather together in our new office uh, and, and have some barbecue or, or a coffee, uh, a meeting on our huge uh, terrace and, and basically, you know, hug each other and spend some quality time together. 
That would be great. I think I think a lot of people need that, especially after after what we went through in in 2020. And and thank you so much for for sharing this. I I, I really think it's it's a great initiative. It's really interesting. Um, you know, we are approaching unfortunately the sort of the end of of the discussion. And and there is uh, one question that I think is uh, probably specifically directed at you as a, as a, you know learning and development and HR professional. Um, there's been a lot of talks about learning and development and uh, especially L&D practices during this, uh, this COVID-19 times where, um, you know, L&D professionals sort of like feel they need to come up with, um, with initiatives and practices that are applicable remote. Um, and, uh, and this somehow puts them under increased pressure to show that there is an impact on the on the bottom line like you said you know like there is a, a clear priority that is to sort of foster the business while taking care of your people um, what do you think you know as somebody who's directly experiencing this role um, has this been an issue to you did, did you feel there was sort of an increased pressure um, in your in your role to deliver um, despite the, the current situation uh, or in this sense, would you have any advice for anybody uh, who is uh, experiencing uh, or let's say working in the same role as you are? Mm -hmm. that, that's a good question. Um, I, 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 I can't say that I felt this pressure, you know. I have to say that I have definitely observed the increased demand for learning. And, and that's great because we don't have to ask for space for us uh, between uh, a business uh, but we can create this this space together and uh, the the good thing is that employees simply ask more about uh, development opportunities uh, we have very generous tra individual training budget so we try to empower employees and and encourage them to to continue the journey uh, and 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 uh, invest uh, in their development, so I see myself uh, as this guide, or because I really love to travel, and for me, learning is is constantly a constant journey. So that's why I I, I like to see myself as this guide or gardener that helps people to to grow, to bloom, and uh, I think that everybody has to has to find this happy place, like a spot where you would like to grow and what gives you this uh, pleasure uh, in terms of work and also your, your, your private life because you know, time fights and you have to have some meaningful uh, impact also. Uh, that's why, uh, that's why I, I never felt pressure. I, I was happy to see that demand is, is, is Big. And uh, during our uh, learning and development open hours, we saw much, much more requests and questions from our employees asking, hey, what can I do in this respect? I would like to achieve this and that. Can, can you support me? And we opened the discussion and it was like a, a dialogue. That's indeed really good news. Um, and, you know, just to, to conclude our conversation, what, should there be one thing that you would love to be remembered for at uh, at raising in the future like what would that be like is it is you know maybe any 
out of all these initiatives, out of all the plans that you have in mind for, uh, you know, 2021 and, and, and years to come, like what would be, what do you think would make you the, you know, the most proud? I, I would like to be this uh, gardener who uh, plants new seeds and the seeds are, are growing. So I would like to see some flowers as, as, as our employees, as talents, that they are constantly and increasing their skills and, and competencies. So that will be the best part for me to see, you know, this green and, and uh, optimistic future for, for our employees. Well, Maya, like I said, I, I, you know, if anybody can do it, I think it's you. You have, you have, uh, you know, tremendous amount of experience. I think you, you know, what you shared in this discussion was, at least to me, absolutely relevant. And, and I cannot but thank you for your time and your availability and and sharing all this, you know, enthusiasm and knowledge with us here at the, at the podcast. Thank you very much, Matteo. That that was really a pleasure, and and I think that you are doing a great job spreading the, the, the good news and, and advices for, for, for everybody. And that, that's really an impactful initiative. Thank you so much, Mike. That's, that's really kind of you. And, and well, hopefully we'll get to do this again in the future. But so, you know, for now, I'll, I wish you the very best of luck to you and the, and the whole raising team. Thank you. All the best to you too. Thank you.